to be in church. Can I hear an amen? Woo! I know somebody that's real happy to be in church. Little baby Sebastian, the newest and firstborn child of Alex and Maria. Let's give it up for Sebastian coming. Awesome. And I know another couple that's excited to be here, Jose and Gigi. They got engaged last week after church. There they are. What's that? Jesse. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. Gigi. Hold on. No clap yet. No clap yet. Gigi did not get engaged to Jose. Jose and Gigi got engaged last week at the church parking lot. How many are glad you're in church today? Make some noise. Okay. I know a couple that's happy to be here today. Let's make some noise for Jesse and Gigi who got engaged last week. Do you guys forgive me? Okay, I'm so sorry. I kept looking down at my paper. It was messing me up. Okay, let's open up our Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. If you ever think being a pastor is easy, just remember this moment I just had. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Somebody say, receive faith. And now say, make every effort. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about receiving faith and making every effort. We're in between two sermon series. Last week we finished our time in Ephesians, and then in September we're going to start the worldview. Jerry did a great job explaining that. The video will be online today, and then from the, this time on you can keep sharing it with your friends. It's going to be an awesome sermon series. But here was something that God really spoke to my heart that I just wanted to share with you. I'm going to do that uh, as well to next for next week, and I just saw another couple that y'all just got engaged, and I'm going to make sure I get your name right. Y'all got engaged when, last night? Let's give it up for Joby and Karina. Woo! Dude, how was I about ready to forget about you? I was literally back there in my office getting things ready, and I'm like, man, when did I miss this? Was it like, what time was it last night? Eight o'clock, yeah, I was already in my jammy jams, like, what? Phone was shut off. I was like laying in bed. Yeah, it was, that's too late for me. Okay, but I'm glad I, we got that. Okay, is everybody with me in 2 Peter chapter 1? Okay, open up your Bibles. Follow along on the screen. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are through, excuse me, to those through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith. Everybody say, have received a faith. Thank you. As precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So how do we get faith? Do we buy faith? How do we get it? We receive faith. Somebody say receive faith. You got to understand this. We receive faith. There is no one here today that can make the excuse that God has not given you faith. So just imagine, God forbid, we all die and we go to face God on judgment. No one here could say, God, you know what? It was just so hard to believe in you. I went to this school. They taught me evolution. It was, it was so hard to believe in you. I thought you raising from the dead was a myth. This wasn't real. There's nobody, let's just put it this way, if they died anywhere in the world, in Africa, anywhere in the world, that could make that excuse. Can I prove it to you? 
Go to Romans chapter 1. Somebody say receive a faith. I'm going to show you in Romans chapter 1 that the entire world, the entire world is without excuse. God has made himself available to the entire world. Everybody say everybody. Look at it. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Some may say suppress the truth. Thank you. Now think about this. They suppress the truth by their wickedness. Have you ever tried to hold down a ball in a pool or at the lake? Have you ever tried to do that? Maybe you got a beach ball, maybe you got a football, and you try to hold it under. What happens when you do that? It wants to come right back up. It wants to shoot back up, doesn't it? That is what it's like when you try to suppress the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God has been given to every single person. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. So is there anybody from here at this church to any hidden jungle that can say, God, you did not make it plain to me about you existing. You did not make it plain to me that I was supposed to call out to you and you would reveal your son to me. Can anybody make that excuse? No. Do you know that there's a book called Eternity in Their Hearts that actually tells the stories of missionaries going to those people in the jungles, unreached people groups of Latin America, South America, in the jungles of Africa, in the tribes of China, and they hear from the people stories about God and his son. I'm not saying that every religion has it right, but they already had the knowledge, and what they did was up to them. Some of them worshiped idols then. Some of them did things like they weren't supposed to, like worshiping their ancestors, but the knowledge was given. That means if you were right now raised in an incubator and then set on an island to survive, let's say you can now survive on your own, if you were to call out to God, first of all, you would have an inner desire to call out to God, and when you would do that, he would reveal his son to you. How do I know? Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, do you exist in the world? Does everybody else exist in the world? So now watch this. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and guess what? His divine nature. Those three things. You don't just know that there's a power out there. You don't just know that there's the qualities of logic and truth out there. No, you will know the divine nature by knowing creation. When you see it and call out to the maker of it, he will reveal himself to you. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been what? Have been what? Clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without what? So that they're without excuse. So get this, the Bible literally says, through Peter, you receive faith. But you may say, Pastor, I know people who don't have faith and they don't believe in God. Yeah, you know what they've done? They suppressed faith. They put that ball under the water and they're fighting not against a God they don't know, they're fighting against a God they do know and don't like. I'm going to say that again. Atheists aren't fighting against a God they don't think exists. They're fighting against a God they know exists and don't like. 
Now let me explain to you more about how life is given to us and the quality of life. Everybody say life and the quality of life. Look at what it says in John chapter 1, verses 1 and onward. In the beginning was the Word. That's logos in the Greek where we get the word logic from. In the beginning was the mind of God and the person of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is equal to the Father. He was with God in the beginning. All things, somebody say all things. All things were made through him, or through him all things were made. And without him, nothing has been made that was made. Do you all get that? That means that there's nothing that was made that wasn't made by him. So any person that's made, you're made by him. Anything that has a conscious mind is here by him. And keep watching this. In him was life, and that life was the what? The light of how much of all mankind? All of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What is the light of God? You better talk to me. What is the light of God? Not just light as phosphorus light. I believe that. But what else is light? What? I can't hear you. Religion? Glory? No, no, no. What are you saying? What are you saying? No, not holiness. Not all, watch. Well, let me just show you guys how you're contradicting the Bible. And it's okay. I'd rather you speak wrong answers than not speak any answers. But listen. The Bible says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Are you saying all mankind is holy? Are you saying all mankind has, has the knowledge of, of Jesus personally? If that's what you mean by saying Jesus, I would say yes, but let's make it plain to what we've already learned. His word, go, go, go further than that. You guys aren't getting it, are you? Who have received... A faith as precious as ours. Somebody say faith. So we were talking about faith. We then go to Romans and we see that they suppress the. So what is the light that all mankind is given? Truth. And it's up to you whether or not you receive it as faith and believe it. Did I make it up? No, now watch, what did John say? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So what are we all born with? We're all born with the truth. We're all born with the capability of having faith. So if y'all go to hell, it ain't God's fault. If anybody here goes to hell, it is not God's fault. He gave you the truth. He gave you the light with your life. Get it. If you're alive, do you have life? If you are alive, then you have God's light. If you are alive, you have God's light. And now listen, no matter how much you have sinned, you cannot have your sin overcome the light. Your darkness will never overcome the light. That means until the day you die, you will know that the light of Christ is on the inside of you, no matter how much you suppress it. Now get what Peter's saying here. He's saying, y'all received faith. You received it. So what's the difference between the one who goes to heaven and the one who goes to hell? 
whether or not you receive faith. Has faith been given to every single one of us? Yes, truth has been given. Truth has been given by the light of life. That's why you're not an animal. An animal doesn't have the life in the soul that you have. So they don't have the light of their conscience to know there's a God to cry out and meet the sun. Every other creature is in darkness. In their conscience, they don't know themselves. They don't think about what they think about, in other words. You have life, life given by Jesus, breathe into you. You are made in the image of God. That life is the light of all mankind. All mankind has an inner light. That doesn't mean you're holy. That doesn't mean you're a Christian. You're born a sinner. This doesn't mean that you have some kind of a a God on the inside of you, that you're a God on the inside. No, what it means is the light is turned on and you have truth. And how did we learn that you have truth? You have it through the creation of God. And what can you learn through the creation of God? You can learn about God's eternal power. That means I drop you on that island. You can open your eyes. Life, light, I didn't make this. Who made this? And God will begin to reveal his power to you. He'll begin to reveal his invisible qualities because you'll start thinking logically. Your brain was created to think in logic and in science. And then you will understand the divine nature. The sun will come and visit you. The missionaries have told the stories of what these people have seen. And it confirms with Christianity. There is no one without excuse. So today, what separates us from the people that don't believe? It's not that God hasn't given them faith. It's they've rejected faith. It's not that you earned it or were any better. You didn't get faith because you worked harder, came to church more, though that might have helped. The only way any of us got faith is by receiving it. And I love what Peter said. He says, your faith is as precious as our faith. Peter's faith could walk on water. He didn't walk on H2O. He walked on F-A-I-T-H. He walked on faith. Peter saw people raised from the dead. He didn't do it out of his own strength. He did it by faith. And Peter says that your faith and my faith are exactly the same. But now watch. It's up to you what you do with it. Because if you receive faith, now it's up to you whether or not you want to work and make effort to add to your faith. Are you all ready for this? Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of God are sa- through uh, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith. Everybody say received a faith. Thank you as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there we see the grace and peace is the same way that they greeted each other. Paul greeted each other. that He greeted his people that way. Now watch this right here. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now everybody's got to pay attention here. How are we called to live a godly life? How are we called? By God's what? We are called by his what? His glory and goodness. 
So did you determine to live a godly life on your own? No, the Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 3, it says nobody even really seeks God. God has to put the desire on the inside of you out of his own glory. And what we mean by glory here is his reputation out of his own goodness because he desires no one to go to hell. Now when you receive his plan for your life, you literally are given the divine power for every Everything you need for that godly life. Why is it important to understand it this way? It's because you didn't bring yourself here into Christianity, and it's not you that's going to keep yourself into Christianity. So anybody complaining about Christianity being hard, you're doing it wrong. Anybody here saying you don't have what it takes to be a Christian, you're doing it wrong. He said, my yoke is easy and my load is light. That's what Jesus said. Somebody said, nobody said it was easy. I always say Jesus did. You listening to the wrong people. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My load is light. Why is that? Because he's with us. Even in our times of persecution, even in our times of sickness, no matter what hardships we face, God carries the burden with us and gives us everything we need for a godly life. There is not one thing we lack when we receive that faith. Inside that faith is everything that we need. Just like inside the seed of an apple tree is a limitless amount of apples. If you had an apple seed and knew how to plant it to make it grow, you would never go hungry again. You could have, once that first apple tree came up, you could then plant a hundred apple trees. When those hundred apple trees harvest again, you could plant a thousand trees. You could fill this entire city of apple trees within probably a decade. Are you listening? Inside of faith is everything you'll ever need for a godly life. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are or how much you've misunderstood Christianity. Maybe you thought you had to earn faith. Maybe you thought you had to make yourself a better person before you came to church. That's like washing your car before you take it to the car wash. You don't eat a meal and then go to McDonald's, do you? Come on, somebody. You have to think to yourself what this is about. It's about God giving me something and me receiving it. And so when I receive faith, I receive along with that God's power. And why is he doing that? Because of his reputation, his glory, and his goodness. Now it says, through these, he has given us very great and precious promises. What are the these that give us the, glo- uh, that give us the great and precious promises? Come on, somebody's tracking with me. What are the these that give us very great and precious promises? What are they? His glory and goodness. So now God says, I set up a plan for you that comes with promises. So that means there's never an issue or a situation you're going to face that he won't promise to get you out of. So if you're sitting here today saying, you know, I don't feel like I can do this. Christianity is too hard. You don't understand God's glory and his goodness. You're making God's glory look bad. You're throwing shade on the reputation of God. You're not making him look good. You're making him look bad. All of us come into this world with different struggles, different challenges. Yes, that may be true. But as Christians, we now have the glory and goodness of God giving us precious promises. Now watch this. I want us to read this together because what do those promises result in? One, two, three. So that you participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So you're here today. 
And you may be thinking to yourself, Pastor, I can't get rid, get rid of the evil. I got too much evil in my heart. I can't get away from my temptation. Maybe you were born with same-sex attraction. Maybe you were born with a temper. Maybe you have a bad environment where they always mistreated you and you're, and you're depressed. Maybe you're angry and you're saying, I can't get out of this. And you may say, well, I've tried Jesus. I've tried this faith stuff. If you're telling me you've tried this and it hasn't given you an escape out of the corruption, I'm telling you, liar, liar, pants on fire. I believe this every time. Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. The Bible literally says that because I've been born again by that faith, these promises ensure that I'm going to make it. You know why? Because I participate in the divine nature. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I participate in his power. If you were Bill Gates, could you ever go broke at Kmart? Like, could you ever spend so much that now Kmart says, you can't pay for anything more? You could buy the entire corporation of Kmart. Are you listening? So could you ever go broke in Kmart? I'm asking you a question. Y'all ain't talking. I said, if you were Bill Gates, could you ever go broke in Kmart? Then why are you all broke in Christianity? Why are you broke right now? Why are you broken, busted, and disgusted, making excuses? My God said his power gave you everything you needed. He said that you participate in the divine nature. That means there's everything possible for your Christianity right there in God. And I say that because I love you, because I don't want you living some weak, lukewarm Christianity. Now notice it, that the reason why the world is corrupt is because of our own evil desires. He didn't even mention the devil here. So your worst enemy is the person you see in in the mirror. The devil can't tempt you with nothing that you don't tempt yourself with. The devil will never present to you a temptation that you first don't want. The devil is only using your evil desires against you. And so you may be feeling like you are in a corrupted plane that's out of your evil desires and this plane is crashing and you want to have a way of escape. The Bible says there's faith in Jesus. That's a way of escape. And the precious promises will show you a better way. Eject. You don't have to remain in a life of sinfulness. You might have been born a sinner, but you can be born again a saint. In other words, you might have been born naughty by nature, but you can be born again in the divine nature. You escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. You know all that I just told you? Came because you received faith. Just see it in your own, in your own mind as I look through it right here. Put it in your heart and mind today. You receive faith. He's talking to these people right here. And it's as precious as ours, Peter the Apostle saying. You've got grace and peace. You've got divine power to give you everything you need for the life that God's called you to live. Because of God's own glory and goodness, he gave you great and precious promises so that you participate, share in the divine nature, dance with the divine, and you escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So if there's anybody here today that say, I can't get away from my same-sex attraction, are they telling me the truth? Because the Bible says you can, you can escape your same-sex attraction. If there's anybody here that says, man, I was just born with a terrible temper, Pastor. That's why I yell at my wife. I just can't help myself. Are they telling me the truth? No, because the Bible says you can participate in another nature that ain't like you, that comes from God. And he wins every time the battle of your temper. Have you ever seen or heard of the old uh, TV show, Quantum Leap? 
You know, the guy, if you don't know, let me tell you, it's from the 80s. This guy would go into like a machine, and then he would leap into the bodies of other people. And so he would probably, you know, be in these weird situations that we could relate to, like we might be scared too. So he would like pop into the body of a race car driver driving the Indy 500, like boom, he's in that car and all of a sudden he has to drive it. Or maybe he pops into the body of someone being a comedian and like boop, he's here like looking in front of everybody having to tell jokes. See, some of y'all think Christianity's like that. Like you just popped into this thing, you don't know what's going on, you don't understand what's happening, but that's not Christianity. Christianity is literally coming into the divine nature of Jesus Christ and he has an answer to every problem. He has the power to overcome every issue and instead of it being like quantum leap, me coming into Jesus, Jesus comes right into me. So is there ever a time that I face that I don't have the mind of Christ? No. Is there ever a time that I face that I don't have the strength of Christ? I participate in the divine nature. Now, what's the next thing? Watch it right here, verse 5. For this very reason. What's the reason he just told you? Because you've received a faith, and all of these things have happened by that faith. Read the bold part together. One, two, three. Make every effort to add to your faith. See, now because God did what only God can do, and that's give you faith. You now got to make every effort to add to your faith. So let's go back to some of the scriptures we've already been through. Has God given every person life? Yeah. So now what they must do, add to the light that they've been given. They must add to the light that they've been given. They must reach out to what they've been given. I'll even show you that in the life of Paul the Apostle preaching on, at Mars Hill. You all ready for this? Listen to what Paul said when he was there at Mars Hill. Look at what he says here. Is it Acts chapter, what chapter is it? Is it 19? No, what chapter is he at Mars Hill? Does anybody know? I think it might be, it's either 17 or 20. Go, somebody look it up right now as I'm trying to find it on my own memory. It is 17. Look at Paul right here. Acts chapter 17. Look at him talking to these pagans. He says, the God who made the world, Acts 17, 24, and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives what? He gives everyone life and breath and what? Everything else. Now watch. For uh, from one man... Talking about Adam, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their hand, their lands. And watch this. God did this, did what created everybody. He did this that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and what? And find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him. We live and move and have our being. So let's go back over it. Does everybody have the same opportunity to know God? Absolutely. Everybody. 
Everybody has the same opportunity to know God. Do you have more of an opportunity? Absolutely. When Jesus was on the earth and doing miracles and people rejected him, he actually pointed back to the other nations that had rejected prophets, and he said, those nations will be better off on Judgment Day because they just rejected a prophet. You'll be worse off because you rejected me. Do you understand that? So to whom much is given, much is required. And that's why we should be missionaries and go around the world and spread the word. Because by hearing the word, faith comes. But there will be nobody on judgment day with an excuse to go to hell. Right now, like I said, if a bomb went off and the whole world died, we're before God in heaven. From the lost tribal member to your professor to to your uh, family, it doesn't matter. Everybody's going to know there was a God. They were supposed to reach out to him, and it's their fault they didn't if they didn't reach out. But the Bible says he gives us this so that we would reach out. He gives us the conscience that we would reach out. He gives us the light that we would desire more light. He gives us our breath so that we would desire to know him. And then Romans says what most people do. They suppress him. They suppress that knowledge. Remember when I read that scripture? Now watch for verse 21 For although they knew God, anybody you see today saying, I don't serve God, the Bible says they all knew him at one time. They all had a knowledge of him. So it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. So they worshiped themselves. They worshiped statues. They worshiped superstars. They worshiped idols. Now look at what happened. Verse 20. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart. What did Peter say that those who receive faith get from sinful desires? They escape their sinful desires. But those who don't accept Jesus, guess what? They get taken over by their sinful desires. He gives them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a what? For a lie, and you want to put it all together, here it is. From the Hindu faith, the Islamic faith, to Cardi B, to uh, Oprah Winfrey, you want to put it in a summary? Here it is right here. And worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. So which direction you want to go now? It's up to you. Come on, everybody. Look up at me, please. It's up to you. Do you want to receive faith and now make an effort to add to faith? Or do you just simply want to suppress faith and truth and be given over to your own deception, your own sinful desires, and face God on judgment day? It's up to you. And here's the thing. As I read the things we got to make effort for, I see some of y'all went harder for the devil than you're going for God. So let me give you the principle right now. Y'all like it like that. I love second service. You like them rebukes. Amen. You get excited. That's what I'm talking about. See, now watch. When, when if you were to have a, a Nazi soldier who put children into the gas chamber to die, let's count this person as the most wicked man we could know, the Nazi soldier at Auschwitz, okay? 
and you put the most holy person you know, let's say somebody that just passed away like Billy Graham, that great evangelist. You take that soldier from Nazi Germany and Billy Graham and you put them before the same soil of ground and they both plant the seed there and they both water it and the sun comes out. Will the ground only grow for the Christian or will the ground produce the seed into life even for the non-Christian? For even the wickedest man, right? Even the most wickedest person, they're still going to get that tree growing if they do the principle, right? See, this is what I'm talking about. Y'all go harder. Y'all go harder for sin than you do for God because the principle remains the same. When you were in sin, you were sowing that seed, sowing that time, sowing that knowledge, sowing your heart into those worship of created things. That's why you had the habits you did. Now that Jesus has given you faith, you looking at the ground wondering why there's no fruit. And he said, better make some effort, son. Better make some effort, daughter. It's your choice. Just because you all sanctified doesn't mean the ground's going to grow by itself now. Just because a Christian farmer goes to the ground and goes, I believe God created you, ground, and I believe God created you, seed. Okay, now just go ahead and do it. No, he's got he's to water it. He's got to take care of it. And if the sinner takes care of it, he's going to get a bigger crop than the, the saint that didn't take care of it. Are you all listening to me? That's why non-Christians whoop Christians in the business world right now because they want it more than some of y'all want it. That's why they're inventing more than we inventing because they want it more than y'all want. That's why they're coming up making moves more than some of y'all because you just thought you were going to come to church and get yourself a harvest. And the Bible said, make every effort to add to your faith. Woo, come on. You better look at your life right now and say, is a sinner outdoing me for the things they love? You better get real with this world and understand the principles in which God made it to function. A sinner will reap his sin when he keeps sowing that seed, making every effort to serve his idol himself or whatever created thing he loves. But yet my God is so awesome that when you sow your efforts into faith, you will reap the benefits of it. And it can't even compare to what the world has. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and that's like brotherly love and to brotherly love add love now read these two verses verses eight and nine with me together one two three for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Let me just tell you right here, there are non-Christians that suppress the knowledge of God, and there are Christians who suppress the fruit of God. Come on. You say you are a Christian, but you're unproductive. You're ineffective. You're blind and you're nearsighted. And the Bible says it shouldn't be that way. You should be productive in your faith. I was listening to uh, Neil deGrasse, an African-American physicist, talk about his favorite physicist. And you know who it was? Sir Isaac Newton. He wrote more about the Bible than he did about physics. Oh, to God, that atheist would look up to Christians again. I wish Steve Jobs was still alive so he could look up to one of y'all in this place. 
and say, I want to invent like him or her. I wish Oprah would say the number one person that's influenced my life is somebody sitting here right now. It's about time we become effective in our Christianity. Don't you put it on God, your laziness. Don't put on God what you do here for a half hour and expect to change everything out there. Your job needs to see effectiveness. Your family needs to see productivity. And the Bible literally says those who don't live like this are blind and nearsighted. That means they can't even see the forest because all they're looking at is the trees. Can I give you an example of this? It's a silly question, but I got to ask it precisely. Just hear me on this. Can I download the Facebook app if I don't have anything to download it to? <laughs> Y'all listening to me, it's such a silly question, but I got to ask it right. Can I download any app if I have nothing to download it to? Okay, let's just try it right now. I have nothing to download it to in my head. How do I download a Facebook app? Can I download? Can I push a button? Can I go into an app store right now? Yes or no? I'm talking right now. Look at my hands. Right? There's nothing to touch, right? The Bible says if you don't have faith, you don't have anything. So all these people right now that have stuff, the Bible says it's literally a house made of sand. It's about ready to go away. They may say, well, sometimes, pastor, I am good, and sometimes, pastor, I do have some knowledge. They may say, oh, I do all this stuff right here, but I don't necessarily believe in God. And what the Bible is saying, you don't really have anything. It's a, it's a shadow. What would you rather have, the phone or the shadow of the phone? Because it's all just going to pass away. The Bible says your life is like a vapor, like hot, hot air. It's coming and going. Huh? Hello, are you all listening? Because if you don't have faith in God, these things you're doing are just make-believe for 80 years. Because then you're going to face God on judgment day. And he's going to say, you thought you were good, but let me give you the good person test. How many lies have you told? How many times have you coveted what your neighbor had? How many times have you taken my name in vain? See, you weren't good. Exit. Come on. They're going to say, oh, I had self-control. No, you didn't. You lusted in your heart. You were angry towards your brother. I counted that as adultery and murder. Exit. I had love. And he's going to say, no, you only loved your four and no more. You made yourself an idol, your wife an idol, your kids an idol, your 401k an idol. You put all that before me. Exit. Right? Oh, I persevered. I persevered. Yeah, but you quit on church. You quit on your Bible. You knew more about the stats of men who wore tights and ran on a grass field than you knew about the kingdom of God. Right? Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen? Do you believe it? Now, guess what? If I got a phone, can I download an app? Right? I can download an app. Y'all get, get this illustration, right? Watch. Now imagine if I came around to each and every one of you and I gave you a phone for free, all you had to do is just receive it. Now guess what? On this phone is a limitless amount of data, right? How many of y'all would take the phone? How many of y'all would start downloading stuff? Now, if I went and looked at each one of your phones, because you all have a phone, you had to pay for it, right? We all got different apps. And if we looked at the usage of our apps, we've all used apps differently, right? My, my number one app I probably use is Facebook. Somebody might be Snapchat or Instagram, et cetera. But watch this. Watch this. All of us would have our own array of apps on this phone. But if I offered you a phone that had an unlimited, unlimited amount of space, you would take it. And if I said there's no uh, uh, end on the amount of money you can spend on the app stores, y'all be downloading everything, right? 
Now put this towards faith. God gives you faith. And he says, you can download as much goodness by this faith as you want. Well, pastor, I was brought up in a bad home. I got more goodness than your parents did bad to you. He says, I'll give you knowledge. Pastor, I didn't do good in school. I didn't do good. Jesus says right back to you. He says, you know what? I'll give you more knowledge than you could ever learn in school. Perseverance. You know, I quit 30 jobs before I became a Christian. Now, I've only worked three my whole life, but it's been in one profession as a pastor uh, since I've been a Christian the last 20 years. I couldn't keep a job more than three months. But, but I could have said that to God. God, I don't have any perseverance. He said, I'll download as much perseverance as you want. Now, let me ask you a question. If I said to you, I'm going to reward you based on the usage of your apps and the amount of apps you downloaded, how many know it would be up to you to do that? And if you didn't, it would be your own fault. This is what God's going to judge you on. And he said, I've given you as much space in your heart to hold as many of this as you want. So that's your Christian walk. That's where you now have to make every effort because you can't be blinded by this world. Look to what's most important. Now look at what he says in verse 10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. Let's say it again. Make every effort. Thank you to confirm your calling and election. And can we read this last portion of these verses here? One, two, three. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the king, eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible literally says, if you do what I've just taught you here, you'll never stumble. So once again, if someone comes and says, man, pastor, I'm stumbling. I'm stumbling all the time. What are we supposed to say back to them? What are we supposed to say back to them, saints? Make every effort. And if they say, well, I ain't got no faith to make every effort too, then what do we say? Say, you're lying, you've been given it, what did you do with it? And if they say, well, now I don't have it anymore, go back and get you some. How do you get faith? You go right back to the place it came the first time, through the Word of God. The Word of God gave it to you in your conscience. You lost it somehow, but you need to go back to the Word of God and have it confirmed again. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. That's why we go out into the world is to confirm what people have been hearing in their heart and their conscience is the word of God, convicting them and showing them the truth. So today it's up to you whether or not you want to make every effort. And so I got all the notes there. You guys can go back and look it over. But here's the thing I want us to get before we go today is it's not either or, it's both and. It's receiving faith and making every effort. I have this as a meme on our notes and on my Facebook page. I want some of you to share it today and say, I'm going to do this. Because it's more than just a lesson that I'm trying to be sassy with, and I appreciate you all saying amen and getting into it, but it's got to be lived out now. The, the thing that God had put on my heart is that many of you here are not doing this and yet you're complaining on Facebook, you're talking to our 101ers, you're in 201 for three years. Dude, 201 was only supposed to take six months to a year. And you're saying it's, it's, it's not your fault. Like somehow you keep putting it on something else. And what Christianity is, is it's God making it possible for us to be saved, not by our efforts or our works. A hundred percent God gets the credit. But then you have to choose to work it. Somebody say, if you work it, it will work for you. Say, if you carry the word, it will carry you. So now it's your choice. 
And so what I see a lot of people doing is I see you casting blame and then being lazy. And I've heard people even try to misuse the scripture that says, Pastor, you know it says that he'll never give me more than I can handle, but I got more than I can handle. What's the reason? It's because God gave the, the phone, the faith, but they're not downloading anything. They're literally blind saying, man, I wish I had a phone. I wish I had something download my apps on. I wish I had a phone. And God is saying, you are blind. I gave you faith. Open your eyes. Make effort and apply what I gave you. Because there will literally, come on, hear this today, be no one without excuse. See, I hear your excuses, and I even sometimes feel sorry for you. I hear you wanting to have a pity patty party, and sometimes I want to come too and just be pitiful with you. But then I have to step back and go, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would be hurting them if I showed up to that party. You see, because how was it Horatio in the 1800s going to Moody Church lost his family in the ocean as a shipwrecked. How is it when he got on that ship to go back and see where they had died so he could honor them? How is it he wrote a song called, It Is Well With My Soul? But now you want to quit on Jesus because somebody on Facebook doesn't like you. A family member has persecuted you. And now you just about exhausted all of heaven. And you think you've ended God's powerful reign as Lord and King the devil going to get him on this one. It's funny, but it's sad, isn't it? How, how is it I hear people say, well, pastor, that, that's easy for you, or that's easy for your family, or that's easy for Jerry's family, or that's easy for so-and-so, but for me, it comes harder. For me, it comes slower. For me, it's back and forth, wishy-washy. So just, just get, get over it, pastor. This is just the way I'm going to be. Why is it people want to convince me of that? When I'll have people come here without their family, not even understand English, learn the 201 material and graduate within a year and become a leader now making disciples. How? how? You have to make that decision. The Bible literally says it in terms that we can understand. Peter said, you've received a faith as precious as ours. Everybody say, I have a faith as precious as Peter's. See, I, I just I got to ask you guys, do you, do you believe that? Because if you do, you can understand the other part, which is you're not here by accident. You, you weren't invited to this church by accident. You weren't invited to the youth group or to a life group by accident. God is using this church to reach out to people to have the faith that they've been given begin to grow. And I've seen many of you acknowledge that, but then you get stuck. And then, like I said, you want to throw shade on others. You want to say, well, because, because they were raised a Christian, now it's easier for them. Or, or, you know what, they never had sex before marriage. That's why now they can't, that's why it's easier for them to give it up. I've been, I've been knocking boots. That's why it's hard for me to stop having sex. You'd be surprised of all the excuses that I hear. And then I ask them this simple th question. Did you receive faith just like Peter received faith? Did you receive a different kind of faith? Because the Bible says you received a faith just like Peter. So now you're here weak. 
you're busted, you're disgusted, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for the person that keeps having sex outside of marriage because I know if you die, you go to hell. I know you're nearsighted and blind. I know you're a hypocrite. I feel for you. I feel for marriages that can't get right after two and three years. Man, I feel for you. I really do. But y'all just not listening. Did he give you? I'm asking you the question. Did Jesus give you faith as precious as Peter's? Okay. Then now second question. Did he give you the same chance he gave Horatio, he gave others in this church to add to your faith? Corey Timboom. Head Jews during the time of the Nazi Holocaust and, and during World War II. Her family were caught. They were put in a concentration camp. Most of them died. She came out loving Jesus. You know what she did with her freedom once she was set free? Went to the worst persecuted areas in Christianity and preached to them because no one else would go. One place she was at was in an African village. After she left, the whole village was slaughtered for knowing Jesus. Now let me ask you a question. Did you get a different faith than Corey Tim Boone? Did you have a lesser opportunity to add to your faith as Corey Tim Boone had? Was Corey Tim Boone treated differently than you? No. And last example, and it's a little bit silly because I want to lighten the mood, but then we'll make it serious again. But all of us, when we were born, we were given muscles. But not all of us have done with our muscles what Arnold Schwarzenegger or other bodybuilders have done. Now, I know sometimes people can be born handicapped, but follow the example here. If we're using this across the board, everyone's been given the same chance to backslap and pimp the devil. Everyone can beat him down. Everyone is, look what the Bible says. We are more than conquerors through Christ who, what? Through Christ Jesus, who died for us, gave himself for us. So if anybody's here not using that faith muscle to knock the devil out and be more of a conqueror, whose fault is that? Come on, whose fault is that? Somebody say, it's our fault. Can I show that to you? Because it got quiet when I said that. I want to show you Romans in closing. Somebody say, encourage me, Pastor. Come on, I want to encourage you today. Go to Romans chapter 8 and look at what it says here. Romans chapter 8, we'll just start hearing from 10. I'm going to bring it back here. Look at what it says here. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Look at what Paul says here. For I am convinced. See, he was convinced of this. You couldn't talk him out of it. I am convinced that neither death nor life. Well, pastor, have you ever talked to somebody that catastrophizes their whole life? And then my uncle died, and then my aunt died, and then my, my sister died, and then I lost my job, and then my dog died. You ever talk to people who just roll up all of their problems and then say, therefore my life sucks? Have you ever heard anybody like that? Pastor, my uncle died, and then my aunt died, and I lost my job. Life sucks! You're making a liar out of God. I don't care how much death you face. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, I am convinced of this. He was watching his friends beheaded. He got beheaded. Don't tell me he had some yellow brick road. He said, I'm convinced of this. Not death and all of it. All, not my auntie, not my grandma, not my five baby kids. If all of them die, as I've had pastors watch their children die, 
All of them die, I am convinced. It ain't separating me from God. Life. You ever hear somebody say, well, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I got this new job, and then I'm going to school, and then I got my kids, and they play in five sports. You ever hear people use the excuse of life to then weigh them down? It sucks. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. Let's pray for God to take away your car, take away your job, get you to work a job at McDonald's and just have your kids at home all the time so you can't afford the clubs and the private school anymore. Or you don't let life separate you from God's love. He said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, watch, Neither angels or demons. You ever talk to somebody? I just got demons attacking me. They just come in my bedroom. They just mess me. I got all these spirits. That's how they talk, right? Just got all these spirits coming against me. So what's your point? You got a punching bag coming in your house every day. Beat that thing up in Jesus' name. What's your point? I love playing Halo when they all lined up. I love knocking them all out. What you saying then? How many demons can ruin your life? How many does it take? How many spiritual attacks? Because my Bible said none of them, none of them hold a candle to what God does. Neither the present nor the future. Well, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. My 401k, my job, my this, my kids, nor any powers. Well, what about this? What about this in the government? What about this nation? What about this? Nor height. Well, I'm scared of heights. Nor death. I'll be afraid to go in the ocean. Nor anything else in all creation. What is creation compared to the Creator? What is your cancer compared to the Creator? What are your enemies compared to the God of heaven and earth? You know, sometimes I play video games, Fortnite or Halo, and you know, here I am, here's the video game, and I'm playing the video game, but sometimes I get so excited, I feel like I'm in the game. I feel like I'm in the game, playing the game, first-person shooter, oh, I'm so awesome, but then I realize, I got to step back and realize that's just a game. Whatever I'm going through there don't really matter that much. I don't have to lose my temper and start threatening people. You all get that, right? Because it's just a game. It's just a game. Watching the Cubs is just a game, right? Watch. Come on. But you know what God does? He sees our world and he goes, I'm in heavenly realms. Your world is just a world. Your problems are just a small thing compared to me. See, the question is, do you believe that God's in a place called heaven? And from heaven, he made the world that you're living in right now. Therefore, there's nothing here in matter and space and time that can do anything to our God. I am convinced that nothing else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, that's why, everybody get this in closing, that is why, to me, it always just comes down to love. That's why our vision is loving God and loving people. Because if you don't got your heart right, you ain't going to have your mind right. Your heart's not right, your family's not going to be right, your job's not going to be right, never going to have enough money, it's not going to be right. Because it all stands and falls on God. And it's all about whether or not you just love Him. Do you love Him? If you love Him, you're going to trust Him. If you love Him, you'll go through all of the things listed here, and you'll say, it's still going to turn for my good. God is with me. You'll do it. You won't give up. You won't give up. It doesn't matter what you face. You won't give up because you're going to know that your God is better than whatever you're facing. So some people here, 
You need to look at your life and just look at these two things in closing, please. Is number one, do you have faith? Thank you. If you have lost your faith, you can get your faith back. Just believe what I told you today and go check it in the Word of God. Don't believe it because I said it. I'm saying believe it because I've read it to you. Receive it. And then guess what? Join the rest of us because how many of y'all have faith? Amen? Now add to your faith. Add to your faith. The Bible says when you do those things, think about it. This is where I get excited. That's why I'm trying to wake some of you up today because I don't want you nearsighted and blind. We love you because when you add to your faith these things, the Bible says you get a rich welcome into the kingdom of God. This Literally, as I was trying to show you in the different worlds, here's a virtual world, here's the world of matter, space, and time, and then here's the heavenly world, right? Which one do you want to be in the longest for? The heavenly world, right? Where do you want to have riches at? In the heavenly world. If I can have it here, that would be awesome. Remember, I want, I want to be effective here. But where am I going to be longer than I am here? I'm going to be in heaven, in the heavenly world, kingdom to come, right? So I want to receive a rich welcome when I go there. I may not be able to control all the things going on now with the economy, but I'm still going to be making moves. I may not be able to control what's going on in your life and my family's life. Matter of fact, I know I can't control what's going on in other people's lives, but this is what I can control. This is what I can do. I can make every effort to keep adding those things to my faith because when I do that, God's going to keep his word according to his glory and goodness, and he's going to reward me. Can we just pray right now? As we think about what we've learned, would you close your eyes right now? If you don't have faith, would you ask Jesus to give you back the faith you lost? If you're in this house and you've been suppressing truth, repent to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm sorry I've been suppressing you. I've been putting all these other things before you. Forgive me. Come on, we're going to start with just having faith today. Now, the rest of us, as I put this up here today, if you have faith, I want you to look at your life as if you were looking at apps on your phone, and I want you to see up here on this list, is there anything that you need to increase in? Is there things that you're not growing in that God wants you to grow in? As I begin to name them, let the Lord speak to you right now, because there's so many for me on this list. Goodness. Doing the right thing at the right time. Being good. Knowledge, knowing more about God's word, knowing more about your purpose, his will for your life. Self-control, not allowing anything to control you other than the spirit leading you. No addictions, free from any emotional deception or trauma, triggers as they call it. Perseverance, not giving up. Not growing weary in doing good. Even if you don't see the effectiveness or the productivity, you don't give up. Have some of you thought about giving up? Come on, ask, ask God to add this to your life. Godliness literally means to be like God. Do you know that God gets angry? So if he gets angry, you can get angry. But God also weeps and is broken over things. His feelings get hurt, grieved. Are you grieved over things? The Bible says that God has wisdom to discern the difference between things you should be happy about and things you should be sad about. Things you should celebrate and things you should hate. Do you know how to be like God on this earth? Brotherly affection or mutual affection. Do you love others the way you want to be loved? Do you treat others the way you want to be treated? 
Are you following the rule, the golden rule? Or are you only looking out for yourself? And then lastly, do you love God back with the love he gave you? Think about love this way. God gives it just like he gives faith, but he wants you to give it back. I give my children money so they can buy me gifts. Some of y'all know just what I'm talking about. You give your children money so they can go to the store, buy a gift, wrap it, and give it to you. But why is that special? Because it was their choice to get that gift. Are you God's puppet? Are you God's Pinocchio on his strings today? No, you're free to make your own choice and love what you want to love. Here's how it's going to come down, though, with your love. It's either going to be the creator or something in creation. That's simple. You're going to choose to love the creator or love something he made. Choose to love him first. Put him first. A few moments right now. Altar workers, would you come? But I want us to pray before we worship and dismiss. Thank you for your patience today. Let's not half step today. Come on, you would watch a game longer than you've been in church today. You've studied for tests more than you've studied what I put up on this board today. You've texted your girlfriend or boyfriend more than you've studied what, what I put up on this board. You've talked to your friend more than you've talked to Jesus today. We're not in a hurry, saints. I'm making this time for you. It's my second service, but it's your first service, and I want you to get everything out of it that you can. Check your heart. Do you need faith or do you need to add something to the faith you already have? Up to you. Can we give God two minutes before we go right now? Just sing something lightly from your own heart, sisters. Nothing that would be a sing-along song. I just want people to have an attitude of prayer, please. Thank you. God, you know why you put this on my heart. I woke up last week. 5.30 a.m. with this message on my heart. That's how much God wanted me to preach because I knew I was going to have two weeks to preach outside of a series. I literally woke up at 5.30, the whole message, like, boom, this is it. You can even ask some of the workers. I talked to them about it. I'm like, man, I already got next week's message. Didn't even preach this one yet. Come on. God wants you to hear this today. Whoever is here is meant to hear this. Let's go. Pray. Jesus, Jesus, we make effort. We make effort. We make effort to pray. We make effort to do these things. We make the effort. You won't be able to stand before God and have any excuse on any of the things you've heard.